Welcome to the BCS Podcast, where we explore the basics of computer science concepts. I'm your host, Saran, founder of Code Newbie. And I'm Vaidhi Joshi, author and developer. And she is the brilliant mind behind the BCS blog series. We are back with season three, and today we're talking about graph theory. This season of BCS is brought to you by Dev Discuss. Dev Discuss is a show I work on with the team at Dev, an international supportive community for developers. The show addresses the many burning topics that pop up on Dev every day and is hosted by Jess Lee and Ben Halpern, two of Dev's co-founders. Past episodes have included unpopular opinions with Kelsey Hightower, staff developer advocate at Google Cloud and a legendary voice in tech. So unpopular opinions should be like, Computers were a mistake. Was <laughs> was this all worth it? And how changing your name is a difficult, unsolved, and sometimes personally devastating problem in tech. I basically walk through this world through this minefield of not knowing when I'm going to have this like sort of deep emotional wound reopened. As well as how little known tools can have big productivity gains. And I think it gives me the sense of structure, which I really enjoy. And also you can color code different things. Each episode features interesting guests from diverse backgrounds who are active in the software space. This podcast is your place for burning tech questions, answers, and genuine conversations. And we also end each episode with commentary from the everyday developers who call Dev home. You'd be surprised how many things making music and coding have in common. True to the Dev community, Dev Discuss wouldn't be possible without the input from all of you. So listen, rate, and subscribe to Dev Discuss wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so this episode is going to be about graph theory, but that's not where we're going to start. We're actually going to start by talking about bridges. Why are we talking about bridges? Because bridges are awesome. They let you get from They are awesome. <laughs> they let you get from point A to point B, which like, you know, it's pretty cool. But also, they they kind of are the fundamental origin of where graph theory came from because if bridges didn't exist we would have probably never ended up with graph theory and graphs and graph traversal algorithms and all the cool things in computer science and math and around us that are related to graphs okay so when i think of bridges i definitely don't think of computer science i think of what's the engineering that's for real life uh civil (laughs) engineering okay thank you maybe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not that fake life, not that, you know, programming crap. Um, yeah, like, like like buildings and, you know, people who build buildings. Um, that's what I think of when I think of bridges. I definitely don't think of, well, I guess math is a part of that. Okay, I definitely don't think of computer science. So how how do bridges relate to computer science? Well, bridges um, are connections usually, right? And usually if you think about bridges, um, you probably start to visualize a bridge over water and it's usually connecting one landmass to another. Um, Yes. But really, if you think about it even more abstractly, and we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, bridges are connections between point A and point B um, and some sort of origin and some sort of destination. And the interesting thing about bridges and connections between two different places is that we think about it often in the context of a map, but connections between two things don't always have to be on maps. They can be, you know, more abstract. 
Um, and we've kind of hinted at that, I think, in the season finale of uh, season two. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about graphs and like how there are connections between things. So the interesting thing with bridges is that they're connections. They're connections between two land masses. But if you think about it even more abstractly and kind of forget a bridge between land and over water, bridges are connections between two things. They could be really anything. And, you know, for the sake of simplicity, we could just say a bridge could be a connection between A and B, some sort of origin and some sort of destination. And if you think about this in terms of graphs, we've kind of talked about this in a previous episode, but graphs are also connections between two different points. And Mm -hmm. the technical term that we use is nodes uh, or vertices. And those are like Mm -hmm. our point A and our point B. And we've defined graphs in previous episodes, but the thing that connects the vertices, the nodes, if we need a quick refresher, those are called edges. Those are the links that connect Mm -hmm. one vertex to another vertex. So you can kind of think of a bridge connecting two landmasses as an edge between one node and another. Okay, so all that makes sense, and we did talk about those um, those terms, the the nodes and the vertices and stuff. Um, I can't remember what episode it was, but definitely in season two. But you keep talking about landmasses, and I have a feeling you have some particular landmasses in mind. Are you referring to a particular place? Or something oh, that yes, has to do with I am. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, tell me about that. I'm so glad you asked. I love this place. I really want to go. If anybody wants to fund my trip here, <laughs> I'm gladly taking donations, except it's like <laughs> now it's in Russia. So I guess I don't know what the visa process is like for me to go there. Uh, <laughs> we um, may have to wait a while. Yeah, maybe. The town that I want to tell you about is a town that is now in Russia, but used to be in Germany. We're talking about back in 1735, there was a place called Konigsberg. And Konigsberg was a city that was built on a river. It was called the Pragel River. And it actually was like a bunch of settlements at first. And then over time, the settlements started like, you know, combining and turned into a city. And it was pretty cool because the settlements, one of them was on this island in the middle of the river, and then there were other settlements around the river. So what they did was they created bridges to connect the different parts of the city. And the city had like, as I mentioned, this river going through it. Um, So those bridges were kind of important in terms of like getting around from one end of the city to the other. And it ended up becoming a connection from different ends of the city of Konigsberg. The reason that this city is so interesting and the reason that I think it kind of is like the heart of where graphs and graph theory and this entire branch of math and computer science came from was that it had a very interesting problem. It was kind of like, you know, this fun little game that the citizens of Konigsberg would play, which is that there used to be seven bridges and these Mm -hmm. seven bridges connected the different settlements, the different sections of the city. And the citizens of Konigsberg, they used to like do this thing where on Sundays when it was beautiful outside, they would walk around the town and they played this game where they had this goal of trying to cross every single bridge Mm -hmm. only once Hmm. and going from one landmass to the other without repeating themselves. That sounds like such a... A healthy game. Like, it sounds like the city said, 
we need to be healthier. You know, break out those Fitbits. We're going to play a town game and everyone has to join. Doesn't it sound like that? Does it sound like a sneaky health initiative? Oh, my gosh, it does. That the town came up with? That's brilliant. That's really smart. Yeah. I like that. All these all these folks would like walk around the city of Konigsberg and they were like, oh, it, let's see if we can like try to, you know, solve this riddle. And like, let's see if I'm the one who can cross every single bridge once. But nobody actually ended up being able to do it. The word about this city and its kind of complex bridge situation kind of spread from one town to the other. And eventually, this bridge problem made its way to a very, very intelligent fellow named Leonard Euler. I've heard that name. Yeah. and Was he particularly oily? <laughs> I mean, I don't think they showered that much back then. So probably yeah, everybody was. Go. You know, there you go. There you, you go. I've had... waited so many minutes to say that joke. I'm so. I'm so <laughs> You've been sorry. waiting since the beginning. You're like, where can I? <laughs> so many How do minutes. I work it in? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm getting so side railed on <laughs> this oily thing. It sounds like a slippery problem. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Leonard Euler. He finds out about this town, and important fact, he's a mathematician. And he hears about this town of Konigsberg and he's like, oh, this seems this seems like kind of a boring question of like, can you walk across it? Who really cares? But then he thinks about it more. And when he realizes he can't just solve it easily, he's like, wait, this is not that simple. Why can't I use like geometry or algebra or even just counting to solve this problem? If I can't solve it so easily, like, hmm, this is maybe worth investigating. So <laughs> he sounds like a douche. <laughs> <laughs> oh he's, no he's like if I can't solve it easily this is finally interesting <laughs> worthy of my big massive brain oily oily brain <laughs> oh, I feel so bad maybe oily was really nice and I'm just personifying him in a terrible way oh, he did he did he did say that though he did say that um, it only seemed worthy of his attention when he realized that he couldn't use geometry, algebra, or even the art of counting to solve this problem. So <laughs> The art of counting. Wow. Uh, maybe he was kind of an asshole, but it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's fine. But anyways, he got so entranced by this eventually that he was like, I need to figure out how to solve this problem. And that's where we suddenly have graphs and bridges come together. Okay, that seems like a pretty big leap. <laughs> <laughs> seems like a pretty like there's this oily guy and he's like finally <laughs> I you know I have an interesting problem with this you know town and their bridge situation and then we have graphs the interesting thing is that this is back in 1735 and graph theory doesn't exist graphs aren't a thing nobody's been like hey look at these nodes and vertices no it's not a thing <laughs> what Euler does is he's like he's looking at this map of Konigsberg and he realizes that it's kind of going to be painful to like write down every single path you can take. And you can kind of imagine like if you had to do this, solve this problem on your own, that would probably be a really inefficient way of solving it because you'd have to, you know, write every single path and every single way you could go. And depending on how many bridges there are, that could be a very bad approach. So when he realized that it wasn't going to be very sustainable and not very scalable, what he decided to do instead was he simplified the problem. And the way that he simplified it was by visualizing it. He looked at the bridges 
And he looked at the two land masses and he looked at the connection between them. And he realized that what mattered was less the actual map and more the connections between the land masses. Mm. If you look at his old um, his old notebooks, which luckily are preserved, so we have his writings and his you know thought process and explanations of how he solved this problem, he has like these land masses that are like A, B, C, and D. He's just labeled them on the map and then he abstracts them out and then he just turns them kind of into basically like dots and lines a little bit. If you look at his drawings and if you can kind of visualize dots and lines, then you start to see that these are kind of the earliest graphs and those dots and lines eventually become vertices and edges. Interesting. So he kind of through this weird secret health initiative of this town. Um, <laughs> it sounds like he created the first what we would, you know, call a graph. Yeah. Graphs in computer science are actually based on graphs and the representations of graphs in mathematics. So mm-hmm. in mathematics, we represent graphs with sets of vertices and edges. And it's usually through an ordered pair if it's a directed graph which means there's directional flow. And if it's an unordered pair, that means there's no directional flow. You can go from one node to another. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's just sets of either letters or numbers to represent what the different nodes are and how to get from one to another. So he Mm -hmm. basically took the mathematical idea behind that, actually created it. He's basically the father of graph theory um, because nobody had really thought to take this topological, this map, and turn it into a math problem, which is really the genius behind what he did. And Hmm. that's kind of where graph theory started from. And that's the mathematical foundations of it are what led to computer science borrowing from math. And graphs are kind of everywhere in computer science, as we've talked about in previous episodes, in networks and in social networks and um, in lots of different traversal problems, too. Okay, so what did he he find? What did he discover about? the the problem of can you in fact go across all these bridges and land masses but only go through each thing once he found out Aww. that it is not possible to cross over those seven bridges only once without repeating yourself why he figured out that there are only certain situations in which you can not repeat yourself and I, I've been using the word like not repeat yourself. I've been using that phrase. But there are some probably good technical terms that we can kind of use to help ourselves out here um, because they're pretty common in talking about graphs and you'll hear these terms used and it's good to know what it means. So we talked a little bit about graphs and getting from point A to point B. The reason that we usually talk about going from one point, one node or one vertex to another is because we're trying to go from one place to another. And whether that means crossing from a landmass to another landmass over a bridge, or we're trying to get from one node A and find another node B, something like that, you are usually, when you're working with graphs, going to have to work with more than just one node. You're usually looking at connections between nodes. So Usually the term that most people are talking about when they talk about traversing through a graph is they're usually trying to get at the word path, which is finding a path Mm. from one node to another. And when we use the term path, what we're really talking about is having a node that we start from and finding the edges that we need to pass through in order to get to the node we're ending at. 
So we're usually starting with an origin node, and then we have to go pass through and go through different edges to get to our destination node. Another th important thing is that if you look at some graphs, you'll see that there's lots of nodes and lots of edges, and usually mm -hmm. there's many, many different connections, which means that there are lots of different paths that you can take. Mm -hmm. So paths are just a general thing. Like you can probably take 16 different paths through, you know, one graph. That doesn't really help you that much. Mm -hmm. There's no rules. Like you're just saying, oh, I just want to get from point A to point B. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter if I'm taking the shortest route or not. I'm just trying to go from one place to another. So let's say I have a a graph that looks like a, um, what is it called? A triangle. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what is that shape with three points? Um, so I have A, B, and C, right? Mm -hmm. If I want to go from A to C, mm -hmm. right? And it's a triangle, so they they are connected. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, I'm going to do that by going just straight from A to C. Mm -hmm. That's one path, yep. right? That is. But if I say I want to go through B, so I'm going to go A to B to C, that's another path. Yep. Those are okay, two. So those are two just two independent the, paths. Yeah, and they're totally valid because all we're doing mm -hmm. is just mm -hmm. looking for possible paths. Okay, what if I want to go from A back to A? Is that like is that is that a path or is that is that like if I want to go A to B to C to A, can I do a path back to myself? You can. And that's actually a special kind of path. The term for that is a cycle, which kind of makes sense because you're kind of going in yeah. a big circle. <laughs> That's very intuitive. The only rule with a cycle is that you have to end your traversal at the exact same node that you started off at. Okay. Okay. I'm cool with that. Okay. So we talked about how for my triangle situation, I can either go AC, I can go ABC. I guess technically I could do like ABC, BAC. Like, is that a path too? Yep. You're, you're going back and you're going back through edges and nodes that you've been through before. But it is still a right. path, technically. Okay, so that kind of brings us back to this Konigsberg problem where the whole thing is like you don't repeat yourself. So is that um, a different type of path? Is there something special about that situation, the circumstance? Yes. So that is something called a simple path. And I'm really glad that you brought it up because a lot of the times in computer science and like sometimes when people are in technical interviews or like, you know, they have a, a graph problem, it's very easy to confuse path with simple path. And what you just described is very different from, you know, your previous example of going through your triangle graph and going back, repeating yourself and going back through nodes you've already been through before. So a simple path is unique in that it has a lot more rules. It's very constricted. Mm. In a simple path, you cannot repeat nodes or edges you've been through before while you're traversing. So your A to B to C to B to A, that is not a simple path because you're you're backtracking. You're repeating mm -hmm. nodes and edges you've done. But inefficient. Yeah, it's it's inefficient. Which which is mm. why I think in computer science people are usually talking about, you know the quickest path or, mm. you know, the one where you're not backtracking and repeating yourself. So what really most people are talking about and what the Konigsberg problem was, was finding a simple path where mm. you don't repeat mm. any bridge, you don't repeat any edge, and you don't repeat any node or landmass that you've already crossed through. So 
simple path is going from point A to point B without repeating yourself, does that mean there's there's like a simple cycle? Go back to A without repeating myself? Is that a thing? There is a type of cycle where you end up the same place that you started without repeating yourself. Okay, what's that called? That's actually called a Eulerian cycle because Ooh. I think it's also called a Eulerian circuit. That's that's one of the actually the really cool things that Euler discovered through his abstraction, which is that you can have something called a Eulerian cycle, Eulerian circuit, um, where you start at a node, you pass through all of the edges and all of the other nodes exactly once, and you still end up at the same place you started. Okay, so this idea of having a simple path it feels like it would only happen in certain situations. And clearly with this town and their, you know, bridge configuration, it did not work. What is it about their, I assume it's, the, it's something to do with their setup. What is it about their setup that made a simple path just not exist? What Euler discovered and what he wrote in his proof was that the landmasses or the nodes of the town of Konigsberg were just constructed in such a way that there weren't enough connections between the right nodes to make that type of path, that type of circuit possible. And in order to like really talk about connections the formal way, we need to talk about one term that we haven't gotten to yet. So we've talked about how edges are the connections between nodes, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how you figure out like which node is like possible to get to from another. But the term that we've kind of been, you know, circling around but not using is something called degrees. Mm. And what that really means is how many neighbor vertices does any vertex or node have? And that's kind of like when I say this node can be connected to another node. Well, maybe it's connected to three other nodes, which means it has three neighbors. So in your example and of three degrees. Exactly. That is totally right. So that's that's the term that you would probably want to use. In your example of, you know, a simple triangle graph with A, B, and C, every single one of those nodes has a degree of two mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. every single one of those nodes has two neighbor vertices, mm. two possible, you know, nodes that you can travel to. And that is the end of today's show. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review and make sure to check out Vitahe's blog post. Link to that is in your show notes. Also, make sure to take a listen to the Dev Discuss podcast that I help make. It's the first original podcast from Dev, a global community of software developers of all backgrounds and experience levels. And the show covers burning topics that impact the daily lives of programmers and beyond. Hosted by Dev co-founders Ben Halpern and Jess Lee. Vitahe, you want to say goodbye? Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next episode. Let me just start the sentence again. I got confused by my own drawing first. <laughs> it's like, what? What am I saying?